We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. As usual here on the Friday, and delighted I am to be back as well. Uh, must say, very rousing end, as is often the case, to Liam Langrell's uh, sounds classical. Thanks to Liam for bringing that to us. Um, just listening to that, John Philip Sousa march he played Liberty Bell at the end of the show there. I think that was also used as a theme tune for Monty Python's Flying Circus. So that's where. Um, not very highly cultural types like myself get to learn about tunes like uh, John Philip Sousa's Liberty Bell. So there you are. If I'm wrong, maybe somebody will correct me. 086-353-7782. Of course, the text number, you can get a message into us and uh, hopefully a message will get passed to me. Um, if you want to text us at all during the show, we'd love to hear from you. Now, later on at the end of the show, tomorrow is World Radio Day and we'll be joined by Jack Byrne, I think, who's the chairperson of CRAIL, the Association of Community Radio Stations around the country, to chat about that. And Jack may well have her with him a little bit closer to home Some and one other very special guest anyway. We'll see if uh, that person will deign to uh, join us in the conversation later on. Um, we'll also be hearing from Stephen Large, who's a regional services manager for the Dublin region with Threshold, uh, the uh, housing support and homelessness charity that's been going on the go since 1978. Threshold, well known to a lot of people, I'm sure, around the country. But we'll be hearing from Stephen later on in the show. Um, today, of course, we, we will have a little bit of weather news. Um, whatever the weather's brought, you might have been disappointed or relieved or whatever by uh, the lack of snow, really, in the last um, day or two. I don't know whether there's any more on the way, but we'll, we'll have a look at what Met Aaron have to tell us as well later on in the show. No parish news, of course, today, but uh, as soon as restrictions allow and religious services resume, of course, we'll bring that back to you. But now, uh, joining me uh, to start off today's show, delighted to have on the line, I think, Ashling Kelly from Kilkenny uh, County Council's Library Services. Uh, good afternoon, Ashling. How are you? Thanks very much for having me on. I'm doing well, thank God. Good. Good start to 2021 so far? Ash, it's very strange. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. We're, funnily enough, we're busier than ever in the libraries, uh, even though our doors are closed to the public at the moment. So I suppose it's, it's the kind of, it's, it's working out okay for us still. Um, it, it's a bit challenging, I suppose, for everybody, but um, our door-to-door service is extremely busy. We, we just expanded that to include uh, members that are aged 65 plus. So, and even if non-members are interested in receiving library books and they're aged 65 plus, they're more than welcome to, to phone us up and we'll, we'll, we'll organise to get them on the list. Uh, so very, very busy, particularly around the city area as well. I know a by library recently, I think when we expanded it to the over 65 um, Lock by Library ended up with something like five or six hundred phone calls to make to, to contact people to see would they like books delivered. So it's great wow. to see the people are, are continuing to read throughout the, the, the bad times yeah. and the tough times, you know. Ashling, before we get uh, further on into the conversation, just give us the phone number in case people do want to uh, phone up and ask what, what can you do for them in there. Yep, yeah, so the, the, the number you can phone is 056 779 
4160 and you can also phone or contact your local branch there's staff in all of the branches there's at least one member staff in, staff in every branch right. so um, people can contact their own branch directly their close branch or you can ring library headquarters on 779-4160 and we can get you on the list there now, Ashley, you're probably going to give out to me for this next one, um, but it, I was only thinking when you started saying you're being very, very busy. Um, you, you, maybe you're being all you know, you're very productive because you don't have so many of your usual customers coming into you for the chat and you know the face-to-face <laughs> service. Well, I suppose, look, at, the funny thing is actually with the phone calls, I was talking to one of the girls in, in, in Callan Library, I was talking to Tricia recently, and she said some phone calls are quite quick, and there's other phone calls, and they're just a bit longer, because people haven't seen, a lot of people who are at home now, and maybe cocooning, and trying to avoid get, going out in public in as much as they can, they're, they're getting to talk to nobody, and just a different a different era on the phone, I suppose, is nice, um, so... I suppose our staff, to some extent, that's true, and to other other extent, it's very much. Uh, I suppose the service itself is a kind of a personal service. So when 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 Patricia would ring somebody in Cal- Callan area, she would be talking to them what kind of books they like. Now, generally, she'd have an idea if they're a regular member anyway. So there's a bit of chit chat about that kind of thing. So I think people are really enjoying that end of it. And I suppose mm. look at it, something that that I think the staff are actually enjoying it as well. To be honest with you, mm. you know, it's it's one of the, the few places I suppose whether the doors are even if the doors are open people are coming in and they just like a bit of the human touch that, that you know it, it's not a, a press a button at the end of the phone call kind of a thing so it's nice the staff enjoy keeping in contact I think they worry yeah, as well about some of the older members as well yeah, that they're keeping sure, okay and, sure. and that yes yeah. so it's a nice yeah. little project and yeah. we have a lovely thing actually coming through shortly um, it's yeah, a stationary um, yeah. I'll yeah. talk about that in a sec but um, yeah. I think the last time I was looking back through my lists and the last time we had you on, Ashling, was the 10th of November, which seems like ages ago now. Which, uh, the time you, were, you, were, you were chatting about, um, I think we were chatting about the uh, upcoming, what was upcoming at the time, which was Science Week and the libraries. So uh, just before we move on, how did that all work out for you? Oh, that was fabulous. Yeah, it went really well. And actually... Camus have have um, been working on getting funding to continue a kind of a science, uh, science I suppose um, promotion and that in Kilkenny. So that that Kilkenny Science website is going to continue, and we're hoping to work with them throughout the year on other initiatives as well. So uh, they're very good down there. It's, it's a pleasure to work with them down there. You know that we we mm. had our door to door service brought out the bulbs to some to, to as many as we could, um, as many people as we could in, uh, that were at home. So that was nice a nice project to be involved in and we had lots of classes then that zoomed into um, schools uh, that did different things from making slime to um, there was a a volcano experiment there was a lot of different all sorts of everything really Um, so that was great we were lucky that we were able to get Mm. through even if it was more digital than anything at least it's probably probably very timely that I ask you about that now it's just occurred to me with um, with you having done uh, the bulb delivery all those bulbs would be popping up now it'd be just time so it's, it was a lovely idea because it gave people I suppose something to look forward to we kind of felt along with the bit of science that they're getting in their leaflet pack um, they were learnt, they had something then to look forward to in the spring and, and something that would take them through and that they'd be keeping an eye on and, and keeping an interest I suppose in as well yeah. so yeah it was a nice, lovely little project to be able to be involved in Great. So in the meantime, anyway, looking forward for the next few weeks, um, I believe Thursday the 20th, 25th sorry, of February is actually National Reading Day. And I will get to what's happening maybe on the day later. But in the meantime, there's, there's a whole, I think, programme or kind of thing called, leading up to it, called under the, the, the name Ireland Reads. And what's, what's that all about? Yeah, so Ireland Reads is a national initiative that 
is running really, I suppose, to promote reading to people. It's really aimed at people who haven't read in a while or maybe, are, you know, don't consider themselves necessarily book lovers. So we're aiming to get people to commit to reading for 10 minutes or more on the 25th, on the Thursday. And there's a beautiful new website after being set up there called uh, irelandreads.ie. And on that website, you can actually sign up and say, I'm committing to reading one hour or 10 minutes or whatever it is that you're comfortable with yourself. And I suppose we're seeing this really as being a stepping stone for people getting back into reading or for people who are book lovers anyway to to just commit to, to reading on that particular day. So it's a really nice initiative and what we're doing afterwards is running a a series of talks uh, to keep people interested and to try and keep the the habit, I suppose, uh, going and just to keep, even if it's only to pick up and read for 10 minutes on that Thursday, you might pick it up again on Friday night and read another 10 minutes and just to try and keep going at the reading because it's such a lovely way to, um, I suppose, relax and clear your head and get some me time even for myself, uh, for, for yourself. I find it here with the kids sometimes it's lovely just to get buried into a book at night time yeah. you know it's a great way as we all often say as well to people it's a lovely way to go off on holiday in your head even if you're not we're not getting to Spain and places like that so it's it's a nice way of just you know get, getting out of get, getting your brain mm. um, I suppose away from the, the monotony of everyday life as it is now yeah, absolutely. Um, and is is there still time then for people to avail of the door-to-door delivery service if they want to pick up something new to read on, on the day or to, to oh, lead up to the day? there should be, yeah. I mean, the sooner you get your name in, the better. We have, we have a fairly hectic schedule, to be honest with you, because it's taken, I know um, the city deliveries from the city library alone are take I think they're taking something like six days at the moment because there's so many people involved in it uh, so many people looking to to get the books delivered so uh, we have a, a very good driver called Tom I'm sure people will, will know Tom and Tom is flat out driving everywhere in the country nearly <laughs> you know he's really busy just trying to get to everybody and uh, and do those deliveries so um, there certainly is time and the other thing I suppose that that's a facility there if people are interested is you can also download the e-books or e-magazines you can, if once you have your library membership, you can just go in and set them up very easily. Um, e-books, e-magazines, e-newspapers. I mean, reading is reading. We're not, you know, you don't have to say what you're reading. It really doesn't make a difference. It's just mm, that it's the course. act of reading, I suppose, really, yeah. you know. So um, there's loads, loads available through our online suite of services, and they're available you know, in your own time from home, you know, you can download a few things and save them there and read them as you get to them. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's an addition, I suppose, for people who are those of us that are under sixty five and are not getting the getting the door the, the books delivered to the door. It's it's a nice option to have. Absolutely, there's yeah, there's lots of different sources, and hopefully, maybe the a lot of the under sixty fives might be. Um, tech savvy enough or have somebody at hand around the house that might be able to help them get online if they can't and find something uh, nice to read even if it has to be read off a screen I suppose it's better than um, better than nothing isn't it? Oh it is, it is absolutely if it's an article or something it's still reading at the end of the day you know we have a fabulous author series as well coming up um, just to support this then so we have some uh, great names coming we're kicking it off on the 25th with we have Alan Nolan coming along for children he's going to be doing a live or not a live sorry a pre-recorded session it'll be a Seven o'clock. So he does funny kind of drawings, and he's written some lovely children's books. So Alan is going to be on at eleven o'clock on our Facebook page and our website. And also that evening, then we have Liz Nugent, who has done a pre-recorded session for us. So she's on at half eight on the twenty-fifth. So just to kind of keep people inspired. 
we have the fabulous, the big, the big name, of course. Ricochet has done his piece as well. Oh, he's done, yeah, yeah, we're delighted to get somebody like that. Fourth of March, he's one of the ambassadors as well for the Ireland Reads programme. So it's just fabulous to get people like that on board. Um, we have a new writer called Una Mannion the following week. And then we have Liz Nugent again. And then we have Donald Ryan, the, the, the well-known uh, author as well. So they're kind of going on Thursday nights. We're kicking it off with Liz on the 25th. And it continues then on for the five weeks. So we'd love if people tuned in and just listened into those and maybe get some inspiration at the children's section then has has Alan Nolan with the books and the draw along. He's doing five five sessions for us at eleven o'clock on Friday mornings. Um Alan is a great um he's a great uh, way I suppose about him his 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 workshops. We've had him in Kilkenny before his workshops are fabulous, really energetic workshops and um great fun and you know just laughter and all sorts of funny things being drawn. Um mm. Nicola Pierce as well, the author that wrote the Titanic. Nicola is also going to do two sessions for us and Liz Weir the the well-known storyteller from Northern Ireland, Liz, is also doing storytelling sessions for us. That'll be on in April. So there's lots happening, and we just love if people are tune in and, I suppose, join the, the, the 17,000 members that we have in, in participating and, and joining in on the day. Will that be on National Reading Day? Is there anything going to be um, featuring or, or kind of promoting um, local writers? I can think of all sorts. Well, I can't think of the two. There's only a couple of names I can think of off the top of my head, local writers, but I'm sure you know loads and loads more. Yeah, we have we have ideas in the pipeline that we're working. We're quite busy at the moment with Keeping Well campaign. It's just kicking off as well um, with a library programme there. So we have been... I've had contact from a few authors locally and we're hoping to be able to work with the local authors as the year goes on as well. Um, we kind of... we. we got the odd one here and there in for Bookville last year so we're kind of looking at that again and hoping to do some workshops with them we've just been so flat out with Ireland Reads and the Keeping Well campaign um, has kind of kept us very busy <laughs> for the first few months to be honest I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure it has so Story Time coming up in, in um, Spring into Story Time is a, a kind of a picture book um, promotion that comes up in um, God, I'm a blank there for a second. I think it's well, April. The spring, anyway, so April never, and May, yeah. actually. Yeah, it runs through April and May. So we're hoping to be able to include some of the local um, writers in that. And actually, the, the Keeping Well campaign, we have two locals running that. We have a creative writing series, which is just after booking up today, uh, with Susie Lamb from Thomastown. And we have uh, poetry for beginners then with Janice Woodgate. And there's, I think, like one or two spaces left available on those. They're both for beginners. So we're doing our best, I think, to support the locals where, where we can at all, you know. Because yeah, it's so important. Great idea. Um, so just in just in general, um, Ashley, you'd be able to answer this one for me. Like obviously, the restrictions uh, are, are kind of affecting books and book selling and per, perhaps book reading as well. I know there, I have a, there's a, uh, a friend of the family who's down in Cork who's actually written a book and is struggling. Well, can't really get a publisher because nobody's publishing or printing, and because bookshops are closed. Is is that affecting kind of new books or the supply of new books getting into the library at the moment? Um, we're still getting them in. I suppose we've we've had a complication then in that we there's a, there's a national tendering process and all that, so that changed um, for us as well. That changed a few things for us. Um, the company we had been dealing with uh, in England, the, the tender has now gone to Irish publishers, which is just fantastic. Um, oh, so that's just in the process really of being set up now at this stage. But we've been still getting our orders in. Um, I know a big delivery landed a few days ago, um, and we're trying to process them as quickly as we can and get them out. Uh, onto the shelves, particularly for the door-to-door, -door, the people who are you get getting get the good stuff at the moment. So, but we're, we're conscious of the fact that at some stage in the next few weeks, 
please God we'll be able to open the doors to some extent or, or be able to facilitate well, more hopefully. borrowers in some way um, yeah. but um, there, I know nationally I suppose even with, with getting stuck and travel and all the rest it's a little bit it, some of it is a little bit slower um, I suppose we're lucky as well in town there I just I, I see the, the uh, promotions all the time there from the, the bookshops in town they're, they're excellent as well there for, yeah, indeed, for indeed, getting yeah. the, book, the post well, look, we better we better let you go there, Ashling. It's been lovely talking to you again, and um, hopefully um, National Reading Day on Thursday, 25th, will go really, really well. And I presume um, the Kilkenny Library's uh, website will be able to, kilkennylibrary.ie will have all the details of the events that are on and things, and, and, and other things that you're doing through the library services anyway, for anybody to catch up on. That's exactly it. On our website, mm. kilkennylibrary.ie, or on our social media pages as well. Thanks very much for having me. Not at all, Ashling. It's a pleasure talking to you as usual. Take care. Have a good Thank weekend. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. So it's Ashling Kelly there from the Library Service. And if you'd rather or you, uh, phone the, the Library Service, you can do that. Ashling gave us the number at the start of the show. 77941610, you could call. Or indeed, kilkennylibrary.ie if you're happy enough going online to get it. Anyway, past time, we should take our first ad break of today's show here on Kilkenny Today with myself, Morris O'Connor. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes' time to have a quick look at what the weather is telling us. Just after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. So welcome back, uh, about 25 minutes past, or 27 minutes past, excuse me, 5 o'clock here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City with myself, Morris O'Connor. Thanks for being with us here on another Kilkenny Today. That sounds like as if we got another few days, a couple of days anyway, of cold, blustery, not very pleasant weather to get through. But anyway, I think if we can stay in, stay warm, the added benefit of that will be staying out of the way of the COVID virus. Anyway, let's um, move away a little bit anyway, although uh, getting into some aspects of impact of COVID with my next guest. Earlier on today, I caught up with Stephen Large, who works with Threshold. Threshold, of course, is a national charity whose aim is to secure a right to housing and uh, for, for everybody who needs it, particularly for households experiencing the problems of poverty and exclusion. So um, I caught up with Stephen Large earlier on today. Um, uh, Stephen Large, Chief Executive Officer of Threshold, welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City. Great to have you with us on the show. I hope you've had a good, as, as good a start to the new year as you possibly can have anyway, Stephen. Thanks for inviting me on, Morris. Uh, and just to clarify, I'm, I'm only the, the lowly uh, manager of our Dublin services. Maybe it'll be due a promotion sometime in the future. You can go back to us when, when, when that happens. 40-something, 40 43 years ago, I think it was, nearly or nearly coming on 44 years since uh, Threshold is founded, Stephen. Um, it's, it's a long time on the go. Loads of people know the name, a national organisation, of course. Um, be, before we get into what's been happening in the, the last year, maybe... Can you highlight for us, like, what, what are the biggest differences that um, Threshold has really made to provision of rights for to housing um, over those years and preventing homelessness? Uh, yeah, uh, as you say, um, Threshold's been in existence for over 42 years, and I suppose Threshold grew out of, um, I suppose, a priest, really, the Father Don Omani, that would have been visiting um, people in uh, Dublin city centre and living in flats, etc. And just seeing the poor condition that people were living in and the lack of rights that they would have had at that time. And uh, I suppose that was the, the genesis of the organisation. And obviously that uh, grew over the years. And through those experiences, we've been able to, I suppose, campaign uh, and 
act on behalf of many, many thousands of people that um, otherwise would have been uh, homeless. And thankfully, with those experiences over the years uh, as an organization, we've uh, successfully been able to contribute to the development of the legislation, including uh, the, the current Residential Tenancies Act that's, that's covering uh, many landlord and tenant relationships in Ireland. Um, so uh, it's been a long time, but I, I think a, a very positive uh, contribution has been made Um to the, the rental sector. Certainly my own experiences, uh, I, I haven't been working with Threshold for 42 years, um, a little bit uh, south of that, but um, I, I certainly have been working at Threshold long enough uh, to know that when I first started working, if the landlord wanted to increase your rent, they just would come along and say, your rent's going up next Friday, and you, you, know, you can like it or lump it. As a tenant, you had very little options. If the property had a plug for you to plug in a heater, then the landlord was meeting their statutory obligations. If a landlord wanted you to leave the property, they would just come along and say, you have to be out next week or next month. And again, you had little recourse. So uh, I suppose thankfully I've been able to see the change where now uh, tenancies must be registered with the Residential Tenancies Board. There are minimum statutory rights and responsibilities for both landlords and tenants. There are very clear rules around how rent can be increased, how much it can be increased by, how frequently that can happen. And if you want to dispute that, you can go to a body, the RTB. If a landlord is seeking to end your tenancy, they can't just come along and tell you to leave. They have to give you a reason which is set out in law. And also the longer that you're in that property, the more notice that you're entitled to. So you have some security of tenure. And if you do have a dispute, that you can both go and try and get that dispute resolved either by mediation or adjudication through the residential tenancies board. So the landscape has changed forever. Um, certainly the private rental sector has doubled in size in that time. Um, and now over one in five people are renting. And it's likely that that's only ever going to increase because more and more people uh, are having difficulties. Many of your listeners will have difficulties, for example, if they're going out looking to buy a home, knowing that you know the, the um, asking prices are beyond many people. There's a, a lack of supply as well, which is only pushing prices up further. And then also where a person can't pay uh, for their own accommodation needs from their own resources, and they're dependent on the local authority uh, for housing, but the local authorities aren't in a position to build, they're not providing the number of units that are badly needed out there. So more and more, more people are spending longer in the private rental sector. You also hear, I don't know what your thoughts are while we're on the subject of um, people saying that as like small landlords, like the person who owns or people who own maybe one or two properties, finding it increasingly difficult to are worthwhile to stay in that particular sector. Do, do you have any thoughts about, about that? Like, are they just moaning or do they have a valid case? Is it, is it more and more difficult from a landlord's point of view to, to fulfill your obligations and um, you know, to make a reasonable return on, on the property that you have? Yeah, you're correct there in saying the vast majority of landlords in Ireland are landlords who have one or two properties. I think it's over 70% of landlords in the country are in that situation. And many of those people, um, for want of a better description, 
uh, would classify themselves as perhaps accidental landlords that for some reason they've fallen into it they haven't entered into it as a choice it's not their main source of income etc and if they've fallen into this situation it could have been that they were maybe advised to invest in a second property when times were a little bit better and they've done so and in many cases are paying the price ever since in other cases uh, you know they may have inherited a property and have decided you know to rent it out and try and get some kind of income from it and there's no doubt about it that it is very very difficult Um, and unfortunately we very often have an adversarial narrative so it's very much always pitted landlord versus tenant uh, and that uh, battle and that doesn't really suit either landlord or tenant um, I think what we want is a, a long term stable private rented sector one which will attract people into the sector to provide good quality and affordable housing and certainly ha- you know, being able to um, ensure that it's uh, professionally done as well and the people know what they're undertaking. I suppose, Sam, um, back to, you know, we, we could have a huge long conversation about supply and balance of that. And, and I suppose in the meantime, um, we've all been trying to deal with, I suppose, in the, the last uh, 12 months anyway, with the advent of the pandemic. So how has that impacted on Threshold and the need for your services? Yeah, it, it's, uh, as uh, we've mentioned uh, before, it, that it's, we're coming up uh, almost to a year now mm. uh, where people have been, impacted by COVID and certainly the private rental sector has been impacted by COVID-19 and particularly because you will have a lot of people uh, in service industries, uh, you know, so people working in the the local cafe, in the local hotel um, and many of those either lost their job or had their income significantly reduced during this time and obviously were uh, worried about paying the rent and many of those uh, thankfully got help through the um, pandemic unemployment payment and uh, temporary wage subsidy scheme and also help with the rent uh, during that time. So it's really been about trying to keep people in their homes and ensure that they don't enter homelessness. And uh, we've had in the past year, we've had a significant number of measures introduced to try and ensure that no one has to leave their home or you know no, no one is evicted during that time mm. How, do you think those measures and, and there's been a lot yeah particularly around um uh, eviction and um, you know the landlords rights i think are downgraded uh, in relation to being uh, triggering evictions of tenants in the last year is it working well or are you hearing of particular problems are there any particular black spots nationally um, since the pandemic has arrived it's it's been I, I suppose uh, breaking it up into stages. We had the initial protections that were introduced towards the end of March last year, and they introduced a blanket moratorium, uh, so that rents could not be increased during that time and evictions could not be carried out during that time. And I suppose that bought people a lot of breathing space. And um, once they ended. Uh, another piece of legislation was uh, brought in in August to provide additional support to those people who were impacted by COVID-19 and whose tenancy was at risk because of rent arrears. Um, so the additional protection was offered to them and they could engage with MABs and they could then hopefully come up with some type of plan that would enable them to deal with the arrears issue, to enable them to stay 
in their home and that was much welcome and then we've had the the subsequent measures um, introduced as we've uh, entered level five restrictions to keep people in their homes and prevent homelessness during that time so i think it, from that perspective it has been very very successful uh, and just to, just for for the benefit of listeners who maybe there may be some who are kind of struggling or maybe beginning to struggle what what are the particular supports uh, and uh, uh, protections that are that have been put in place that you were talking about since last autumn so in a situation where a person is facing rent arrears um or facing the tenancy being ended and if they've been impacted by covid-19 they've had their hours reduced, they um, are on one of the payments that we mentioned, then in that situation, what they need to do is they will need to fill in what's called a self-declaration form. It's a very straightforward form uh, and that, that's accessible through the RTB website or if people contact us for help, we can help them through that. They complete that form and then they submit that to the RTB and the landlord. And then with once that's been submitted, then uh, the can be referred to MABS and then MABS can arrange to review their circumstances with them and uh, that review can also form part of a, uh, a dispute if a case does go to the RTB but basically where a person is uh, self-declared their tenancy will be protected at the moment that that tenancy will be protected up until April of this year. Um, but it's a very straightforward uh, form. If people have any queries on that uh, or they need assistance in uh, submitting the self-declaration form, we certainly can help them do that if they contact us through our free phone, 1800-454-454, or alternatively, they can contact us through our website, threshold.ie, and we now have a web chat function as mm-hmm. well. So there are a number of ways that people can get in contact uh, to get assistance with applying uh, for that protection and i suppose a lot of it is actually around trying to to help people want to recognize that they're getting into tr- into difficulties and secondly to help them deal with it that's where you would step in and reassure people and support them and advise them of what their their rights are absolutely then the the legislative protections are there i know a lot of people um have entered into their own local arrangements also they, you know so they, they've got in contact with the landlord and both of them have agreed to some kind of plan now whether that's you know um a temporary reduction in the rent payment or some type of repayment plan that's being done but certainly you know there are examples of that happening and in those situations what we would advise people to do is if you're entering into make sure that what you're entering into is reasonable it's affordable and it's achievable and it will protect the tenancy long term and that you're not just potentially kicking the the can down the road and potentially arrears building up and that tenancy being at risk later. Yeah, I think we've been talking, Stephen, about the private rental sector uh, really throughout the conversation so far. But I presume a lot of this um, also really applies to the local authority rental sector. Yeah, definitely it does happen. Uh, And and I suppose in the local authority uh, scenario, it's a little bit easier for the tenant because um, you know the local authority rent is a what's called a differential rent so it's based on a percentage of their income and that will be adjustable uh, depending on the person's uh, situation and certainly they can engage with the local authority and ensure that the rent is properly assessed or if it needs to be reassessed uh, that that can be taken into consideration and um, so whilst it's obviously worrying and uh, you know people can fall into arrears uh, they're probably um, more established supports in place to uh, keep that person in their home. 
Okay, so it's not a, not a the area where you have the, the most concerns in. I think no. it's mostly directed towards the private rental sector. Yeah. And the advice free phone anyway is one eight hundred four five four four five four. And is there anything else then that you're doing at the moment? Or are you involved in by way of either planning or campaign or policy advocacy around uh, making a difference to prevent homelessness? Um, well, there, there are a number of different uh, things that that we're doing. Um, one of the things that we do um, in the Dublin region is that uh, we administer a scheme uh, whereby we can apply for enhanced rent supplement payments where households are at risk and we can apply for an increase. Unfortunately, at the moment, that's just limited to Dublin, but we can also help people outside in terms of their own liaison with the, the local uh, former community welfare officers. So if people mm -hmm. are in need uh, with that, that they can get in touch with us in terms of campaigning and uh, our, our work on that. We, yeah, we have, we have ongoing work uh, that we constantly do. So things like um, campaigning for a deposit protection scheme is vital. It's something that's been on the agenda for a number of years. Uh, it's, an, it's an issue that a lot of tenants have difficulty with in terms of the end of tenancy getting back their deposit. Yeah. And it can take some time to get that back and that makes finding a new place more difficult. Um, so we're consistently uh, campaigning for its introduction. Um, likewise, um, looking at, I suppose, making the, the sector in general more secure, uh, indefinite tenancies being granted to people, and also affordability is a huge issue uh, mm -hmm. for renters in terms of we've had, once we have the rent pressure zones and uh, they have somewhat of an impact uh, still many many of our clients struggle with affordability mm. and in particular where someone's dependent on support through the likes of uh, a HAP payment housing assistance payment um, as many of your listeners may be um, they will know that when you have to go and find accommodation the difference between the amount of support to get on HAP and what is being asked for uh, on the market uh, there's a huge gap there that needs to be bridged. Mm. And even just uh, one last one, even down when you mention HAP, I think uh, it's recognised and you hear a lot in the media about um, uh, people who have to avail of HAP finding it even more difficult uh, with uh, trying to find accommodation because landlords are reluctant to engage with a tenant who may be availing of HAP. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that is often the experience um, on the ground of people. And uh, I suppose just to let your listeners know that that is discriminatory. We do have uh, equal status legislation which prohibits discrimination and that covers private rented accommodation. So if a person is refused uh, because they're either seeking help or uh, they're in an accommodation and they need that support and the landlord refuses, then they can take further action and we can assist them with that. Okay, well, that's good to know. Listen, Stephen, it's been lovely talking to you and thanks for joining us anyway and uh, very best wishes for yourself and your colleagues in Threshold with all the great work you're doing. Thank you, Morris. There you go. That was uh, Stephen uh, Large, who's the manager for uh, the Dublin region, for services manager for Threshold. And uh, the advice free phone number that Stephen mentioned during the chat there was 1 800 454 454. So that's 1 800 454 454. If you or you know anybody who might be. Um, interested or need to benefit from availing of the services and the advice that or the support or advocacy that Threshold has to offer or indeed you can go online if you can to threshold.ie and you'll find out all about it there. Now it's uh, just coming up to quarter to six we better take a um, second ad break of the day and we'll be back with uh, Jack Byrne who's the chairperson of Crail and um, maybe our own Declan Gibbons station manager just after these. 
We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome back, and it's just coming up to about 11 minutes to 6 o'clock here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Uh, delighted you're uh, able to join us for the show today and staying with us. And through, of course, into the evening's programming, we'll have um, the Community Diary, the Angelus, coming up at the top of the hour, Friday Talk Sport, of course, after that. And then Kilkenny Communities in Action with Paul Brophy and the team from 7 to 8.30. So plenty to listen to here on the station throughout the evening or crkc.ie if you prefer the internet now joining me i'm delighted to have on the line jack byrne who's the chairperson of crail the association of community radio stations in ireland who's also uh, jack is also former chairperson of near fm uh, northeast access radio which covers the coolock and the kind of north other areas in around coolock and north dublin um, of course, you'll probably know uh, from hearing lots of um, items on Kilkenny today over the, the last few years that Near FM also hosts Crail's news desk service. And we've heard many voices from Near FM itself here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. If you don't mind, I may as well uh, thank before we get to Jack the, the voices I've certainly heard and uh, played pieces from Tony Tarrant, Michael Sullivan, Debbie McMahon, Carl Fenlon, Anna Shields and... Uh, Donald Carroll, and there, there may indeed be more. So anyway, without further ado, um, welcome, Jack. It's lovely to have you on the show. Thanks, Morris. Thank you. Good to be with you. you and uh, somebody described, or somebody told me that you're described sometimes yourself, Jack, as the godfather of community radio, although in a non-gangster <laughs> sense. Well, it's, it's a title that was uh, attributed to me, so uh, in consequence, I grew a long grey beard because I thought I'd have to get into character, you know. So, yeah, so I yeah. suppose I am... Either the godfather or the grandfather. I'm not sure which they... they well, it's, as, long it's as, you're not a, as long as you're not carrying around a violin case dressed in a pinstripe suit <laughs> uh, and a hat, we'll, we'll be all right. Um, it's, it's lovely to have you on the show anyway, Jack, and it's great to, to have been able to share uh, content, your, your content from your station down here with us in Community Radio Kilkenny City and indeed uh, share some of our content with you over the recent months and years. Uh, but uh, tomorrow, I suppose the reason why I really got you on is uh, that tomorrow is a very special day really in, in the world of radio in general all across the world because it's uh, the, the very the 10th World Radio Day That's right, in fact it's a UNESCO uh, uh, initiative uh, just to recognise the power of radio still uh, and in Ireland radio is an extremely potent medium, people really do listen to their FM radios here in Ireland uh, and I think community radio particularly is, is, is always trusted and valued by people where where we've managed at Morris to get community radio set up, like in Kilkenny City, I think people do appreciate the different ethos of community radio. But it's part of the world radio celebration that UNESCO is happy to sort of feature, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, you, you do hear a lot of, I suppose, speculation about the future of radio and all that, and, and where it's going with the population demographic changes, and we, we can add to aspects of that in, in a few moments. As you mentioned, uh, World Radio Day is a UNESCO event, and just looking at it, it actually has um, a website, and uh, part of, of the World Radio Day uh, website from UNESCO um, says that uh, there's there are three themes of the of the day uh, tomorrow: um, evolution, innovation, and connection, um, which are kind of interesting themes. There's probably plenty you you could say or plenty to each of those kind of themes in terms of uh, where community radio has gone in the last few years and needs to go um, in the coming years. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think those are three, they're almost three tenets of our community radio ethos, you know. That's exactly what we, we, we're doing, <clears throat> innovating and making sure that we use media to connect. One of the main themes of CRAIL and of community radio, Morris, is the right to communicate. And we really, and this is also a UNESCO uh, theme, uh, developed by Sean McBride, uh, an Irish uh, politician from some years ago. Uh, he chaired uh, a McBride round table in the early 70s uh, and they they proposed the idea that the, ro- the right of every human being to communicate should be recognised by states and the technologies available should be made available to citizens so we in community radio have taken on this theme as our, our sort of mantra that we feel every citizen of the Irish Republic should be facilitated to communicate their concerns and aspirations. Now, it's beholden on the state then, Morris, to provide the resources mm. and to Indeed. the technologies for that. But we're actually developing a new model in looking to the fore. There's a new, there's a new commission being set up by the government. Yeah, to look I at believe the you were just recently involved in this. this um, I know very little about it other than its name, really, the Future of Media Commission, but I believe yeah. it's... It's supposed to examine the future of all sorts of media, like broadcast media, print media, and anything else there might be as well. Yeah, well, see, our, our problem again is that, is, is that we really, when, when we looked at their website, they talked about public service broadcasters, commercial broadcasters, and then they swung away to print, print media and online, and they sort of skipped over as usual, community media. They just seem to skip over us regularly. So we have to keep fighting and getting a bit of elbow room. It's like trying to get up to the bar to get a drink at closing time. We're almost trying to elbow our way into the middle of it to say we, we also exist. So it's a mm-hmm. constant battle for community radio. We're always being overlooked. But I think we're making good headway with this future media commission. Uh, and we've made a suggestion to them that they should be developing sort of strategically located and Kilkenny uh, Community Radio probably would be a good location for one. These would be community media hubs, Morris, uh, and rather than trying to have a separate radio station in Callan and in Castlecomer, Kilkenny would be the hub and citizens who are running maybe a week-long festival or something in, say, Castlecomer would be resourced by the hub with equipment and training and facilitated to cover the event and then the following week it might go to Callan for some other event. So we just think it's a more cost-effective way to roll out the right to communicate to citizens. So citizens, Morris, would have this facility and the technology available to them when they needed to communicate their concerns or aspirations or just to celebrate some event. So we're pushing that idea to the Future of Media Commission as a practical way to make sure that every sort of nook and cranny of the Republic can have some form of the right to communicate. Yeah, well, it sounds, sounds like a great a great idea and hopefully the voice of community radio and the, the interests of community radio on behalf of the community at large will be heard and uh, reflected in what whatever comes out of that um, future of media commission. I had to laugh to myself um, while you were mentioning there the the uh, the, uh, the idea of elbowing your way to a bar. I think that's a sort of a, an, an experience that most of us are probably long nearly forget <laughs> by the yeah, time we yeah. have the chance to do it again. It, so it probably was maybe. in the back of my head. God, will, it, will we ever <laughs> see the days again? You know, not, uh, and many many not. a good bar bar room sort of elbow and I didn't Kilkenny in the high street there. I often. I uh, I used to work the area, so I know Kilkenny well, and I oh, have fond you? memories. Oh, fair enough. I have fond memories of it, and 
I even at one stage wrote a, a, a musical about Alice Kittler uh, for to celebrate the Kittlers in. So, so I know no, I know the city well. I know the city well, and I have fond memories of Kilkenny. You know, great and many many the bar I elbowed up to in my day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, with with the day tomorrow, which actually happens to be, I better say, just in case my mom and one of my family are listening, that it's actually uh, tomorrow is actually my late father Michael's birthday as well. Um, who sadly left us in uh, 2014 but um, is there anything planned in particular either um, with, with Near FM, Jack or indeed Declan have we anything special happening for tomorrow World Radio Day? Not really Morris because it's one of these ones that kind of creeps up and we tend to tend to focus more on, on, on our own community radio events rather than say on the global events because uh, it's it's so difficult because as, as Jack mentioned and your, yourself you know we're, we tend to be constantly fighting for air so we tend to focus on the, the, the National Community Radio Day and those, those specific events. Mm. I did mm. I did try uh, Declan I did try a couple of years ago to get Crail to sort of coincide with the World Radio Day. It seemed an obvious one. The problem, Morris, is that it's very early in the year. Uh, and and yeah. usually in January and early February, Crail is still arguing and negotiating with the BAI to get its budget sorted. Uh, and I think it, it was, it's just too early in the year for us to link our community radio day with work. It would have been nice if we could have done it. And maybe we, we will sometime in the future when we get better resource, we might start planning Declan in September for, for World Radio Day. Maybe with global warming it might be it might be more possible. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. yes. So indeed. I know we had we had kind of floated ideas before of trying to link up live on air with other community radio stations and it proved a little bit technically difficult to do but maybe that's that's a way might be a way of marking it um on february 13th uh, 2022 whenever that happens uh, just before we let you go then jack and thanks again for joining us and um, how have you been able to manage up there in, in near fm uh, throughout the pandemic I'm, I'm sure it's been challenging well, I, I'm not that terribly involved day to day with them now at all, Morris. But I know it was very much skeleton staff. There was there was times uh, there was only one person in acting as studio duty, receptionist putting on programs. Uh, so it, to keep, I mean, we spent a lot of money uh, in keeping the, in reconfiguring the place for COVID, and it's a part of our complaint that while a lot of money is going to the commercial local radios for their COVID activities. Community radio hasn't seen a cent yet, and stations have incurred costs in recon reconfiguring their, their premises to, to bring people in safely. And I still don't, I think it's part of the malaise, Morris, that community radio still is constantly overlooked. Uh, I mean, if you, if you can leave me on for another hour, I'll moan for the next hour about I, it. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned time, actually, Jack, because, in fact, uh, we're into the, I think we're into the last minute. Um, okay, I'm just careful right. about managing time because I'm actually doing the show remotely here in Declan there in the studio. He's running the desk for me, so it's a little bit uh, more awkward to get the timing right. But anyway, thanks a million for joining us and to have a very happy uh, World Radio Day. That's uh, Jack Byrne, chairperson of Crail. Thanks for joining us, Jack. Okay, thank you, and, and good wishes to everybody in Kilkenny. Okay, thanks, take care. Thanks very thanks. much, Jack. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Um, so that was Jack Byrne, who's the chairperson of Crail. Uh, that's all we've time for really on today's Kilkenny Today. Thanks also to Stephen Large, the Dublin Regional Services Manager with Threshold, and indeed to Ashlyn Kelly from Kilkenny County Council's Library Services. And um, thanks in particular as well also to Declan there for doing the desk for me. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.